0: It's entitled, A Response to State-Mandated Mask Orders. A Response to State-Mandated Mask Orders. Let's pray. Father, we give thanks and we give praise to you for this time that we have to consider this matter that has the whole nation's attention, this masking of people, healthy people by the millions wearing masks. And Lord, I just ask and pray that you use this sermon for good in the hearts and minds of the hearers. Lord, you see our brokenness regarding the state of your church in this country and our brokenness regarding the state of our nation. And Lord, we just ask and pray that you use this sermon in some way for people to understand rightly and to understand truth. And I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So I decided to preach this sermon because the churchmen have been demanding a verse or something from the law of God where it says, we should not obey the civil authorities when they demand that we wear a mask. They want a verse or a place in God's law saying, you can disobey the civil authorities if they demand mask wearing. That's what they're demanding because they're all into wearing the mask and having everybody obey. So the challenge they've thrown out is, show us from God's word, show us from his law, where it says that we can disobey the civil authorities if they demand mask wearing. Now, before we answer the churchmen, understand these are the same churchmen, the overwhelming majority of churchmen in America, who have allowed the state to close their churches and have complied with the state, telling them how they can meet. These are the same churchmen who have been quibbling in the corner, wondering, should we meet? And if we do, how should we meet? These are the same churchmen who blithely obey and implement the fictions demanded by the so-called health experts, quote-unquote, of the state. They're the same churchmen who have lined up to get their free money, thousands upon thousands of dollars each, from the government, while they did close down their churches. They are now asking for, they are now demanding, us to show them a verse or a place in God's law saying, you can disobey the civil authorities if they demand mask wearing. So understand, these are the churchmen who will never find a reason not to obey the state. They are not interested in us showing them the verse or the area in which God's law is being impugned, as they will always find a justification in their minds to obey the state. Having said that, let us respond and provide it for them. First, there is no verse that says you cannot wear a mask nor is there any verse that says you can disobey the magistrates if they demand you wear a mask. But we have to add, neither is there any verse that says you can wear a mask, nor is there any verse that says you must obey the magistrates if they do demand you wear a mask. And this is all utter idiocy. Yet this is the latest nonsense they are hiding behind, giving the impression to the naive and unintelligent that they are bastions of spirituality, while they're really bastions of banality. But I do have a verse for them, and it is from the law of God, making it clear we should not obey the magistrates demanding us to wear masks. And it is the ninth commandment, you shall not bear false witness. My assertion is that when you wear a mask, you are aiding and abetting a great fiction. You are aiding and abetting a lie. You are giving credence to a lie. You are joining in a lie. I had a sister in the Lord write to me this last week, and she wrote this. I am conflicted about how requiring face masks, quote, for public safety and health, unquote, goes against God's law. I know from my own research that they are useless and that the government is lying to us, but on the other hand, I am not able to convince others. Welcome to the club. They think that I am putting them at risk and being selfish, not showing love to my neighbor. If I were actually putting them at risk by not wearing a mask, I do believe that is against what God would have me to do, but... Dot, 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 dot. And that's how she ends it. I wrote back to her and I said, correct. They are useless. Hence you are not violating God's law, love your neighbor as yourself, if you do not wear one. In fact, if you do wear one, you are violating God's law because you are bearing false witness by aiding and abetting a fiction. A lie a massive, large lie, which is a violation of the Ninth Commandment. Pastor Matt, I signed off. This whole COVID matter has been built on a lie. Remember, they first told us this would be a two-week matter. And that was a lie. I knew it was a lie because of what the zoo people told me. They said it would be a month. Well, all the media... And government people were telling the people, it's just two weeks. We meet in this government building. They had already told me it would be a month before we could get back in. So I knew when they were saying two weeks that it was a lie. And soon it was announced it would be a month. It had been a lie. Then they announced it would be two months. And that was a lie. And now it goes on forever. Lies upon lies upon lies. That's the whole COVID-19 narrative. They said the lockdown was to keep the hospitals from being overrun, but they were never close to being overrun. They put up makeshift buildings at hospitals everywhere, including here in Wisconsin, and none were used. They faked and fabricated hospital overruns, which people with video cameras and a little hootspa were able to expose as utter lies. It is the testimony of nurses within our own church that it is all a farce and never did things reach anywhere close to what they said they would. Our governor here in Wisconsin spent $24 million to retool an entire massive building at the state fairgrounds which never saw a single patient and which the contractors told the workers there that it never would see a single patient as the only reason for the work was to, quote, assure the citizens that they could trust their government, unquote. They said it was to flatten the curve, but the curve has long been flattened. Never did it get anywhere near as high as they said it would, yet the nonsense goes on, lies upon lies upon lies. All this, and still the churchmen quibble and cower and blather on, a pathetic lot, Aiding and abetting the lies and fiction of the government. Twisting the word of God to the unintelligent souls who sit in their putrid pews. The government and their health experts have lied about the number of deaths from COVID. Counting those with COVID as part of the dead, rather than only those who died from COVID being the number of the dead. Now the government and media don't even report the number of deaths unless it is an emotion-driven story about a lone individual, and that is because the number of deaths in hospitalizations has gone down, down, down for the last two-plus months to nearly nothing. Now they report the number of new cases, and those go up because they're testing millions of people. So no kidding the numbers of new cases go up when you're testing millions of people. They're sure to not mention that the vast majority of those are asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms, the ones who have it. They have repeatedly changed the definition of what constitutes a COVID case, and there have been countless first-hand testimonies that they are lying about the testing. I have friends in Texas who went to go get tested. And one of them drive up dopey things. They got in line, filled out their paperwork. The line was so long they decided to leave because they didn't want to wait around that long. Two days later they were notified that they were positive with COVID-19. They were never even tested. There's investigations underway right now by federal government, regarding the lying being done in numerous states regarding the testing. In Orlando, they have 100%. Everybody's got it. An absolute impossibility, statistically. They have built this whole narrative through lies. Something Christians should abhor. They've destroyed countless businesses, caused great harm to the economy, have indebted the nation with trillions of new dollars in spending, have put millions of people out of work, have taught innumerable numbers of people that the state will take care of you, reducing them to slaves of the state dependent upon the Leviathan, have caused the deaths and sufferings of countless souls who were not able to get their health care they needed because COVID took precedent, enriched the health professionals with huge sums of money from the federal government purse, For each case of COVID, each hospitalization or death of COVID. They have slaughtered many elderly by placing the sick with COVID in nursing homes. They have cut off those in nursing homes from their loved ones, hastening their demise. And now we see soaring numbers of heart problems, depression, anger, and domestic problems across our nation. And the whole thing is a mountain of lies. All this, and still the churchmen quibble, cower, blather on, aiding and abetting the lies and fiction of the government. And now we have the whole world wearing masks. Businesses refusing to serve people without a mask. Government by raw edict and without any law criminalizing those who don't wear masks. The ninth commandment comes to bear here. You shall not bear false witness. From God's law. When you wear the mask, you are bearing false witness to your neighbor. You are telling them the lie is true, that this fiction is fact. The churchmen say you are not loving your neighbor if you don't wear the mask. The churchmen say you are hurting your witness if you don't wear the mask. The opposite is actually the truth. If you wear the mask, you are not showing love to them because you have joined in a great lie. If you wear the mask, you are hurting your witness for Christ because you have joined in a great lie. And all along the way, the pulpits have aided and abetted the christ haters in their leftist agenda with their bogus rendering of Romans 13. We must always obey the state unless they command that we personally sin. And that is absolutely not the standard for true Christianity. It's absolutely false. Did Paul have to personally sin when he knew the Roman governor wanted to arrest him in 2 Corinthians 11 where he talked about it and instead of submitting he craftily fled down the side of a wall in a basket Did Corey Ten Boom have to personally sin did she have to take Jews to the death camp Did the abolitionists of old have to personally sin did they have to own a slave did they have to mistreat a slave no It's a bogus standard. The true standard is when the state commands that which God forbids or forbids that which God commands, we are to obey God rather than man. Amen. The churchmen are liars. They like to talk about Nero and the Roman government. Look how bad Nero was. He was worse than our government, so we should obey everything our government says. They don't even bring into account constitutional questions or the fact that we live in a true federalism with checks and balances, constitutional law, a nation of law, not a dictator, not an emperor like some of these governors want to behave and mayors want to behave. When Paul wrote Romans 13, he was writing prescriptively, not descriptively. Prescriptively means you're talking about government how it should be. And that's what Paul was doing there. That civil government is instituted by God. That civil authorities are to reward those who do good and punish those who do evil. He was not writing descriptively. Had he been writing descriptively about Nero, he would have mentioned him. If he was talking about the Roman government, he would have mentioned it. He was writing prescriptively. I could go on and on about Romans 13. You can go and listen to my sermon on it. You can go and read My writing's about it. The churchmen are paving the way for the future persecution of Christians by not standing in defiance of lawlessness by the state. Understand the masking by governments is an extension of the statist hell America already is. Masking is a visible representation of how Americans have declared the state to be God. They will do anything the state says. I've heard churchmen say, when the state says something, that is the voice of God. And we are to obey. Yet when you read scripture, we see so many times the people of God did not obey, and God commended them for not obeying the civil authorities. They blithely obey the state. The ninth commandment says you shall not bear false witness. This is a great lie. Exodus 23, verse 1. Exodus 23, verse 1. More from God's law declares, quote, You shall not circulate a false report. Or do not spread false reports. You are circulating or spreading a false report when you wear the mask. Verse 2 of Exodus 23 says, You shall not follow a multitude to do evil. There is nothing but evil involved with this masking nonsense. Evil is afoot, and any person with discernment senses it. And when you wear the mask, you have joined the multitude in doing evil. So there's my verses for the churchmen. There's my verses for them, but it won't matter to them. They will obey no matter what. And they'll continue to lie to the people they have influence over. About Romans 13 and 1 Peter, it is wicked what they do. God did not make us to wear masks. Newsflash. God did not make us to wear masks. We were not created with them. Did you notice that? We were not born with them. Did you notice that? The quote-unquote experts who have fabricated this great lie tell us we need to walk around with them everywhere, whether inside or out, inside all the time, outside if you might come within six feet of another person. They say we must do this to protect ourselves and to protect others. Of course, anyone who has put some time into looking into their claims knows it's an utter farce, a great lie. Some of you are far more versed than I in all the facts repudiating the claims of the quote-unquote experts, nor do we have time to go into all the facts and plethora of information repudiating the quote-unquote experts who demand and advocate masks. Suffice it to say, one can easily find many other experts who repudiate what the government's and media's experts claim about masks. We live in the information age. Quit using your phone for little puppy pictures and learn something. Do a little investigation. They all walk around like little zombies, like little bottomized. I'm talking about American citizens listening to whatever they're force-fed through CNN, MSNBC. Even Fox has carried the fiction along all this time. It's pathetic. It's despicable. It's disturbing. And then the churchmen, wanting to be liked, I'll just go along with the fiction too. Show some leadership. As churchmen, we are fealty to Christ first, not man. We have a duty to tell people what they need to hear, not just what they want to hear. And a congressman I know not too long ago, he voted for the $2.2 that they passed during this whole thing. Hardcore conservative guy. He said 80% of the people contacting him from his district all wanted it. GOP stronghold. So he voted for it. I said to him, I named his name, looking right at him, and I said, that's where leadership comes in. That's where you teach people and say what needs to be said, not just go along with the crowd. That's how evils, that's how evil is able to succeed. Because everyone goes along to get along. OSHA has made it clear that, you know, it's supposed to be 20.5 to have proper health. 19.5 means you're in trouble. The OSHA guy, I know a guy who's one of the OSHA people. (laughs) You know, and he has his little thing and he shows, you know, it's 20.5 when he doesn't have his mask on. It goes down to 16.5 when he puts his mask on. What's a little straw up underneath there? They view 19.5 as being dangerous level. You're down to 16.5, and then you're working on top of it. The N95, you've all heard about that, looks like no one's walking around with, which you would have to keep perfectly in place. Do you know that it only filters the air coming in? When you breathe out, whatever you're breathing out is going out to everybody else. Do a little thinking. Do a little research. The cloth ones do virtually nothing. The little paper ones that most use. I saw a guy, I love people like this. I just love people like this. A drywaller gets on Facebook and puts on a little dopey mask that everybody's wearing, right? Right? He does a bunch of drywalling, and then he shows his face, and all the dust is behind the mask. And that's drywall dust, which is hugely larger than the COVID, than the virus is. What's his point? You're walking around like a bunch of 1490 superstitious morons wearing a rabbit's foot around your neck. Ever read the book, The Emperor's New Clothes? Peer pressure. Lack of character, lack of resolve, lack of conviction. A bunch of sheep following along, step by step by step. I saw a video of Fauci from three months ago where he told everybody, yeah, you you know, hey, wearing masks don't do anything, but hey, if it makes you feel better... (laughs) Ha, 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 he says. I guess you could do it. Now, just this last week, he's telling all the civil authorities to use great force to get the people to comply with mask wearing. I talked to a health professional, has been working at a hospital. I forget exactly what his position is, but been in it for over 30 years. He told me to tell you all today He said to tell you this, using a mask for COVID is like using a chain link fence to keep out mosquitoes. (laughs) And yet the churchmen quibble and join in the lie, the charade, the fiction, all hiding behind their false spirituality. I talked to a brother this last week. He told me about how he went to his doctor just last week before he called me and how his doctor told him, his doctor is a Christian, how he had read up written up this numerous, I forget how many pages it was, report to the elders and pastor of his church showing that all this COVID thing is nonsense and that wearing masks is idiocy. The elders and pastor wouldn't even accept what he said, told him to keep his mouth shut and don't say a word about it in the congregation as they continue the fiction in their church with mask wearing social distancing, checking temperatures as you come in. I'd spit in your eye if I came to church and you tried to take my temperature. It's disturbing to watch full-grown men act like little children. If the government told them to hop up and down and tap their head with their left hand, they would do it. Some will say, oh, but there's conflicting statements from the experts on masks. The CDC says, oh, you've got to wear them. The World Health Organization says, no. This comes down to the two sciences. Remember my sermon, Some Thoughts on Science and Christianity? Listen to it if you didn't listen to it. There's all kinds of money attached to the conclusions that science is bringing these scientists to and health professionals the truth is, I despise people like that who say, Well, I don't know who to believe, so I just wear the mask because we got conflicting evidence. I view that as the false intellectualism of, a day, of our day. Know a little about everything, but commit yourself to nothing. That's false intellectualism. Know a little about everything, but commit yourself. It's based in cowardice, in wanting to be liked, in not offending. That's how you help tyrannies grow. How did Hitler get to where he was? How did how did, Pope, how did they get there? Just look what's going on around you here. That's how they got there in those countries. Be men. Make a stand. Speak out. Take the dogs to task. Eschew your little phony American brand of Christianity, which aids and abets evil and proliferates a great lie. You might find that it helps your witness to actually do that. Breathing air is important to your health. Learn a little bit about human physiology. Learn a little bit about viruses, bacterias, and epidemiology. Have some common sense and critical thinking. Listen to experts besides those proffered to you by the media and the government. Get a clue. I listened to this one doctor. I loved him. He's going through all his little scientific stuff. He's just debunking this whole COVID narrative. Boom, 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 boom. He goes through all his little scientific stuff and then he gets to the end. And he says, he says, and then there's what I call the eyeball test. He said, just look around you. Do you see anything happening like what they're saying is happening? It's like, use your brain. Look around you. Are you tripping over corpses? They just posted a thing in the media yesterday talking about, oh, how there's, there's a semi full of, of bodies now in Texas or whatever state of Arizona. And somebody pointed out that they had winter coats on. It's a photograph from way back. And yet they want to give the impression that we're piling up bodies in the morgue when all that baloney was going on in New York about that. And it was baloney. Remember Franklin Graham came in, wasted all kinds of money, brings in all that stuff. They brought in boats from the Navy, didn't use any of them. But they're telling everybody bodies are lined up in the hallways. We have semi-trucks full of bodies. Lies. The reason everyone goes along with this nonsense is because we live in a statist hell where everyone assumes the state has no limits to its authority. But it does. The Bible is clear. The civil government has very limited authority and function. The state has limits. God has established four great governments, self-government, family government, church government, and civil government. The last three, family, church, and state, are designed to produce within the individual self-government. Each one of those governments has their own role, function, and jurisdiction. If one of the other governments invades the role, function, or jurisdiction of the other, Chaos ensues in society and that's where we're at now because civil government has invaded church government, it has invaded family government, and it has invaded self-government. And so we have a massive problem in our ha- on our hands. William Pitt, the great British statesman, said this. He said, necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. He knew a little bit about how government operates. And the tyrants in our country have found that a virus is the perfect narrative to tyrannize a people, to fill them with fear, foment fear amongst them in hysteria, so that they willingly give up their liberties, their freedoms. So they run to the government with open arms. Understand most of these state mask mandates are done through executive orders by governors or mayors. They are not law. Every American needs to read their state constitution and understand the authority and limits of each office holder because tyrants abound and they want to wield their quote unquote authority in an unconstitutional manner. The people need to resist these mandates, and the lesser magistrates need to interpose and stop the evil. If you go to defytyrants.com, our website, many examples of interposition taking place. Clearly in the minority, the vast majority go along with whatever is said by the person above them. But many examples of interposition where sheriffs, county boards, mayors are defying these orders. They are not law. They are mere executive orders and they should be defied. My favorite story is the one we put up about Illinois. Near the end of May, the governor of Illinois declared that he was going to begin to charge business owners who open before he says they can open with misdemeanors. He was going to actually make them into criminals. The next day, one lone county called Madison County, way out in western Illinois, assembled their county board together and put out a proclamation declaring that they would not obey the governor and that they would protect the businessmen within their counties, that they can open and they'll use all the power at their hands to protect them from the governor and the state. One lone county. The very next day, the Illinois State Police put out a press release saying they would not arrest anyone who opens their business and charge them as the governor had ordered. And the very next day after that, the governor rescinded his order. Amen. That is the doctrine of the lesser magistrates demonstrated in the earth. That's what's supposed to happen. That's what you have to tell people, your magistrates to do and rally with them if they do do right. Our founders established a true federalism. A true federalism has multiple levels of government, multiple branches at each level. They wanted that because they were Christian men and they understood the nature of man, that he's wicked and in need of a savior, namely Jesus Christ. They wanted it so that if any one branch of government began to play the tyrant, the other branches would resist that branch. It's called checks and balances. Now the governors are encouraging the counties and municipalities to impose their evil. For example, here in Wisconsin, the governor was checked by our Supreme Court, and all his tyranny was ended mid-May. Even the lame GOP legislature that brought the court action was chagrined by our court as the court ended it all, while the GOP legislature, in good GOP fashion, just wanted to be able to regulate the evil. You know, like they do with the pre-born regarding abortion and every other evil. Our state Supreme Court ended it all. So Governor Evers now has the counties and municipalities doing his dirty work This is seen and reported in the Wisconsin Counties Association, a website you should all be familiar with. All these counties coming up with the same idea, very draconian measures regarding the strength that they want to give to their health officials, including policing powers. Yeah, they all just came up with that on their own. No, they all work together. And you know what? Most of these people that are in county government They're only in there for their own self-aggrandizement or their own busy-bodiness. They don't care about truth. They don't care about right or wrong. They go along to get along. There's been numerous counties where they tried to get this done in 72 hours. Hard to rally the people, and yet hundreds showed up again and again to stop it. There's only been one county I know that's passed it so far. We have three municipalities this stupid one called Milwaukee, Madison, and that other one down by the lake called Shorewood. And they all need to be challenged by the courts because they're going against state law. DHS 145 is the applicable statute. 145.06, paragraph 2 states, the state has to declare the individual contagious by a medical authority. Then 145.06, paragraph four, gives seven options for the state to pursue if someone is contagious. None of them includes forcing them to wear a mask. 145.06, paragraph five, C, states whatever the remedy imposed is, it must be the least restrictive. Finally, in 145.06, five, B, It states, if the individual fails to comply with the least restrictive directive, the individual must be given the directive in writing with supporting evidence, and they've been afforded an opportunity to seek counsel. In other words, the state can only restrict individuals after they've been diagnosed and had a hearing, all based on the law of God, out of Leviticus 13, which we preached about here in the past. I encourage you to make a copy of DHS 145 and carry it with you. As far as the testing goes, whoever wants to require a test has to have probable cause and be a medical authority. That's a doctor, not a policeman. In other words, someone must have a good reason to order a test. You don't have to prove your innocence. They have to prove their claim. But if you refuse the test, they'd have a court hearing so a judge could assess the need and order the test or dismiss the lawsuit. And remember, according to 145065B, you are entitled to an attorney. And having said that, you need to learn to stand your ground. Stand your ground. No one's testing me. Contact tracing, I talk to people about it. Still, over 95% don't have a clue what you're talking about. It is one of the most tyrannical evils on the planet I've ever seen in my life. It is vicious evil. Evil. And the counties are trying to pass it. They want to make it law. They're already trying to do it through people's ignorance and voluntary compliance. They want to make it law so that if you don't go along with them, they can strong arm you with the authority of the state, put their steel boot on your neck and crush you. Wake up. Do you know how evil proliferates? It's because people accommodate themselves to each new evil that comes along. Each new infringement of their liberty comes along. Just read history. I'm a student of history. Let me do a popular one. Look at the Jews. Do you think one day, all of a sudden, boxcars pulled up and they said, hey, all you Jews, jump on the boxcars. We're taking you off to the death camps. Isn't how tyranny works? First they made... Little laws like no Jew is allowed to sit on a public park bench, and of course the Jews are like, well, I guess I can accommodate myself to that. And then another law, I guess I can accommodate myself. I know I can guess I can accommodate myself to that. So you might think you can accommodate yourself to the masking while they're headed for a mandatory vaccination. And they're not going to hold you down and plunge it into your arm, but they'll make sure they starve you. You won't be able to buy anything anywhere. You won't be able to travel anywhere. You won't be able to do business. You won't be able to work at a workplace. While you think you can accommodate and go along to get along, you're aiding and abetting the evil and the tyranny. Think of that, churchmen. I have a few thoughts about businesses mandating masks. I know this is about state-mandated masks, but let me just share you a few thoughts. Because I keep running into these people, well, you own a business, you can do whatever you want. If they all want you to have a mask, you got to wear a mask. Okay? So here's a few of my thoughts about that. Because I don't buy it. First off, it's a huge topic, and I'm not going to go into it all in this sermon. I may preach another sermon out just on that. We have to preach about very crazy things in this world now, like the fact that only a man and a woman should marry, right? Or the fact that millions of healthy people shouldn't walk around with masks on their face, right? How insane! So these are just some random thoughts on the topic. I think it is an important discussion to have, so here's some of my thoughts. I know many plainly say that it's the business owner's property and therefore they can do what they want. But I actually wonder. For instance, because it's your property, should you be able to refuse service on the basis of one's skin color? Or whether they're Catholic or Protestant? Understand when you hang a shingle out to do business with the public, you bring yourself under a massive body of law. Any small businessman in this congregation will tell you that. You want to do business with the public, it isn't private anymore. You brought yourself under a whole host of laws. I view some of the laws as good and I view some of the laws as bad. Some say it's all bad and there should be none. Hence, the owners should be able to do whatever they want. Mantra. So some say it's all bad. All the laws are bad and there should be none. But I have seen things regarding businesses over my lifetime that I cannot say that. I've seen the nature of man. I've seen wicked businessmen who need to be reined in. I note also that the corporations ran the mom and pop businesses out in droves over the preceding decades. I watched it. I lived through it. Now, these same corporations want to impose such nonsense as masks, soon-to-be vaccines, or you cannot get the goods you need to survive. And you have far less options where to shop now because of what the corporations have done. Some say shirts and shoes. So why not masks? Shirts and shoes are common articles of clothing that all people wear. Masks are not Until recently, only select Muslims wore them around America. Can they, the government and businesses, impose anything odd or strange upon the public and starve people into submission? I also know enough to know that the corporations are in bed with the politicians. They work hand in glove regarding money and public policy to the benefit of one another and to the demise of small businessmen. The prophets of old spoke of such collusion time and time again in the Old Testament. The last prophet we went through was Micah. He addressed the collusion between the businessmen and the government and the evils they do hand in glove together. Again, it's an important discussion. Those are just some of my thoughts. Walmart on Monday is going to begin to demand that you wear a mask to go into their place. Not a big fan of Walmart. I've been there maybe once in the last year. My question to you is, do you really think Walmart cares about the health of people? They sell pills that murder the preborn. Pay 45 bucks at Walmart, you can go murder your preborn child. They provide scooters for their morbidly obese customers. They sell candy to them, french fries. Walmart doesn't care about public health. Why don't they also put a limit on junk food per checkout? Why do they have an entire aisle filled with soda pop and another aisle filled entirely with chips? Maybe they should stop putting cheap candy at the children's eye level at the checkouts. Maybe Walmart should start being more responsible for others' health choices. Oh, wait. It's none of their business what they want to buy and how much they buy. Walmart just wants to benefit the arm of the state as corporations and government work together. There's exceptions to mask wearing. You have to actually say this because there's stupid people who say, he said I'm bad because I work in a chemical factory and when I'm there, I have to wear a mask. Yeah, that's exactly what I've been talking about. The immune compromised might want to wear a mask. If if you're at a medical or dental facility, those people wear masks. You don't mask all of the healthy That will negatively impact your health. God did not create you to walk around with one. The experts think they're smarter than God. What they really are is thug bureaucrats who want to tyrannize the citizenry. Health officials acting like tyrants, invading people's lives and homes. And did you notice how many citizens are willing to be citizen Gestapo? for the state and report their neighbors. The state encourages them to narc on their neighbors, sets up phone numbers and websites to report your neighbors, and still the churchmen quibble and cower. I had one lady I saw put up one of those numbers that everybody can call. and Narc on your neighbor, you know. He's, He's over there. He doesn't have a mask on. I'm really bothered. So one lady put up this picture, you know, from her TV station where they're telling everybody to tell on their neighbors who aren't wearing masks, and she said, here's what she said, I called the number to report that a group of Nazis was organizing to harass people for breathing freely. (laughs) I said, I'm going to do that too. (laughs) I saw an article um, yesterday entitled, It's Okay to Yell at Strangers and Shame Them Who Don't Wear Masks. And the whole article is about how to shame people who don't wear masks publicly and how you pile up and group up on them. You know, if you're at the store, you know how crazy it all is. I was Piggly Wiggly the other day. I go to the furthest back aisle. Everybody had a mask on. I was the only one without it. And when I come around the corner, here's two young guys, two Mexican guys, without masks, looking at the ketchup, and I'm there for ketchup. And I looked at him and I said, the last two sane people on the planet. (laughs) And I find you in the ketchup aisle. And it's like, so we end up sitting there talking. Yeah, you believe these crazy people? I go, yeah, isn't it sad? It's disturbing, you know? So anyways, by the time you get to the fifth level of shaming people, you're in a group around the person without a mask using the F word. Okay? using This is at yahoo.com. You shame them. I just can't wait until they try to do that with me. I thrive on that kind of stuff. I want to read something from Dr. Simone Gold. I have no idea who she is, but she said this here, and she was in USA Today with an editorial which they edited, so it didn't say exactly what she said, so she released it so everybody could see everything she said before they cut out certain key important points. She is a um, constitutional attorney with a degree from Stanford, and she is a doctor from Chicago Medical School. Here's what she said about this whole situation. This was on July 3rd. It is clear to me as a physician lawyer that the disinformation about both COVID-19 and the Constitution has caused us to turn a medical issue into a legal crisis. The scientific usefulness of a mask has been so aggressively overstated and the foundational importance of the Constitution has been so aggressively understated that we have normalized people screaming obscenities at each other while hiking. It was a news story she was referring to. The COVID virus was supposed to be contained in the kind of lab where people wear astronaut suits and go through triple-sealed doors. It is a con of massive proportion to assert that now, having escaped those environs, a bandana will magically do the trick. (laughs) After all, size matters. The poor size of cloth face coverings range from 20 to 100 microns. The COVID virus is 200 to 1,000 times smaller than that. At 0.1 microns. Putting up a chain link fence will not keep out a mosquito. Even the most esteemed medical journals admit their purpose is to calm anxiety. And then she quotes an esteemed medical journal which says, expanded masking protocols greatest contribution may be to reduce the transmission of anxiety. Why? Because all kinds of people still get infected while they're in surgery. Just run the statistics. Infected with something. Of course, by knowledge or common sense observation, most Americans already know that masking everyone is superstition. But unlike privately carrying a lucky charm, mandating facial coverings requires the consent of the governed. Many cultures mandate clothing that appears totally irrational to outsiders, Never have those cultures pretended that there is a scientific basis for their clothing requirement. Their leaders rule and their citizens accept that their choice of clothing is due to religious or cultural preference. Not wearing a mask is not mere personal choice, like deciding between a head covering or a T-shirt. It's a flashpoint for being a free human being who has consented to be governed but has not consented to be ruled. We do not consent to amassed America because that is a fundamental change in American society, culture, norms, and rights. People who are apathetic toward their own liberty cannot eliminate constitutional rights for those who are not. This is not the first or last time that people who believe in superstition are screaming the loudest, and they are. And that's why I tell you, you have to talk to the business people. You have to talk to your government officials because all these whiners who want everyone to wear a mask are. You must do it. Call them on the phone, stop at the service desk, whatever. Thank them if they're not demanding it. If they are demanding it, take them to task. By the way, the Walmart thing that starts tomorrow they instruct their people who are at the door that if you walk in and you say, I have an exemption because of a health reason or you say, I have a religious conviction against wearing a mask, all they're to say to you is, thank you and go like that. Understand that. Religious conviction are two buzzwords I learned a long time ago that lawyers just quiver at. (laughs) And you all know what I think about lawyers. The mask has become the most visible, she goes on here. The Constitution exists precisely to protect all people during times of mass hysteria. The mask has become the most visible symbol of social conditioning to Americans determined to preserve individual freedom. It is. I'm one of them. Death first. Thus far, most Americans have continued to give their consent to be governed, but you are trying our patience. And that's the end of our editorial. And that was Dr. Simone Gold. I want to end this sermon very quickly, and I want to end it by making an appeal. This whole morass, um, and I, I talk about this on the interviews that I do, Um, is happening because we have forgotten God. You remember Alexander Solzhenitsyn did years in a gulag over in the Soviet Union, right? He was a great hero because of the things he wrote that were smuggled out. And when he got here to America, he was finally released by the Soviets. It was the late 70s, I believe. I was alive when it all happened as I remember it. And it was either the 70s or the 80s. And when he came here, they all surrounded him in the media and they said, how does all this evil stuff, how did... How did the Soviet Union get like that? And Alexander Solzhenitsyn looked at them and he said, because we forgot God. And all the media hated him for saying it and they never interviewed him again. They despised him because they're all Christ-haters themselves. Almost all journalists are leftist swine. Oh, that's so awful that you called him swine, Pastor Matt. If you knew the evil... They do, you would understand that's a kind word. It's only your ignorance and your blathering churchmen that makes you think that. We are a nation that deserves the righteous judgment of God. We are covered in innocent blood. Over 60 million preborn babies butchered and barely a whimper from the churches. Sodomy rampant. Men and men, women and women marrying. They can accommodate themselves to anything. Utter evil, divorce rate through the roof, pornography everywhere, and church steeples dotting the landscape. How is that possible? Because you have a Christianity that has nothing but an abject whore in America. And we need to call it to repentance. Like the prophets of old. You need to be broken in heart. For what you see. And you need to cry out. Cry out on your computer. Cry out on the street corner. Cry out while you're traveling on the bus or you're in the store. Cry out. Talk about him. And the things of Him. They have forgotten God. We are a nation that has forgotten God. You can go to church. as something about like a self-help program. With a little Jesus sauce poured on top. It's disturbing to watch. I hear from people all the time. They can't take it anymore. And they've left their church. This is the end. The COVID thing and the response to it. The BLM thing and the response. They've had it. Yet the vast majority still go. They still stay. They're good with it all. doesn't matter. We have forgotten God. That's why America's in the condition it's in. We must declare the law and word of God to this nation. This right here is your sword. Number one sword. Wield it. Make his word known to men. Let's stand up and we'll close in a word of prayer. Father, we rejoice in you and thank you for your goodness to us that you have preserved your word so we can know your ways and your thoughts. If we were dependent on just following the teachings of American Christianity and your word was not available to us, Oh, Lord, we would be taken for a ride. But when we read your word, we see a wholly different what you teach is from what we see in American Christianity. Lord, we just ask and pray that you would be glorified through our lives, that we would do right by you, that we would stand faithful to you, that we'd allow ourselves to be inconvenienced or even persecuted to do right by you to stand against evil, to not aid and abet a lie. Lord, give us the strength by the power of Your Holy Spirit to go forward, to do right by You. May we look for, may we hunt for opportunities to make You known to men. May we not just wait till they fall upon us somehow. May we do as You taught, go out and disciple the nations. May we do that, O God. Strengthen each one here in the church, Lord. These are trying times, times that try men's hearts. Give each one a strong mind also, God. As the news speak and chattel chatter continues to grow, give each one a strong mind. Stand true to you. May they understand the importance of spending time in your word, of being around the saints, doing those things which are dear to your heart. Lord, I give thanks and praise to you for your goodness to us, that you have redeemed us, that when our lives were nothing, going nowhere, in utter rebellion against you and sin, deep and dark, you loved us and you transformed us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, may we make that good news known to men. May we declare your holy law and your great salvation to men. I'll praise to you, O God. Strengthen each man in this home to govern his family properly, to make priorities that matter within the home. May families gather together, put together security plans. Lord, we just ask and pray that each man here would take time to open your word to his wife and to his children this coming week. Understanding the importance of sitting down together as a family, talking about the things of you. Be glorified, O God, in our homes. May we do right by you. May we be strong in you. May we defy tyrants by the power of your Holy Spirit. And may we point others to you. And as we do, may your Holy Spirit convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment, that they might see their need for your Son, Jesus Christ. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You could be seated, and we're going to prepare for communion. You can feel free to take communion with us as long as you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, we ask that you not take communion, as the Lord's table is only for believers to observe. And we do observe his table every week at Mercy Seat. We do it in part because it was the pattern laid out by the early church, and we follow in that pattern. We also do it because we need to be reminded of this great salvation, that it's only through Christ whereby God accepts us because there's only two elements at the table of the Lord, the fruit of the vine representing his shed blood and the bread representing his body. These are the only two elements signifying it's through Christ alone whereby we are able to meet with the Father. It's not Jesus plus a list of our good works. It's not Jesus plus a list of our holy deeds. The good works, the holy deeds that we do, they are the result They are the fruit. They are the evidence of our saving faith in Christ. In other words, we don't do those things in order to try to obtain God's acceptance. Rather, we do them because we have obtained his acceptance. And that's a massively important distinction. And then the Apostle says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We should have been put to death for our sins. The Bible teaches that the wages of sin is death. But God, in his mercy, sent his Son to die in our stead so that if we believe in him, God will forgive us of our sin. You do understand that, right? What did John the Baptist say when he saw Jesus? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He took upon himself our sin so that if we will believe in him, God will forgive us of our sin and we can have acceptance with the Father. It is a great salvation. And it doesn't matter whether you've been saved five seconds or 55 years, you can always only approach the Father through Jesus. Period. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this great salvation. We ask and pray that we would make it known to men. We ask that your Holy Spirit would convict the hearers of sin, righteousness, and judgment when we proclaim the truth of your law, word, and gospel to them. Lord, let us think well on what you brought us out of. Let us not forget what we were and how you transformed us, your goodness to us, O God your mercy and, Lord, your love, that you loved us. Lord, I just ask and pray that you be glorified through each life here and also through the lives of those watching. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Praise His name. So I viewed today's sermon as really important to do. Because I view our nation as an incredibly despicable state. So let's close in prayer and just ask that God would somehow use it for good. You'd stand up and we'll close in prayer. Lord, we just ask and pray as a congregation that you would use the sermon that was preached today for good in the hearts and minds of all those who hear it. Lord, in spite of the delivery, in spite of myself, use what was said. Convict men's hearts to want to draw close to you, to be faithful to you, to apply your law and word to every area of their life, and to every area of life. Use it to bring repentance to the churchmen. Break hearts, O God, when they hear it. O God, we need you so badly. We look to you, O Lord, in this hour to do a great thing, to do a great work. I ask and pray that each one stay true to you in the midst of the onslaught that we're in the midst of and is growing. May we do right by you. We give thanks to you, O God, for your redemption. May we be your faithful ambassadors in the earth. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. May Christ be praised.